Welcome to the Legacy Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Evangelisti, and this is the place where you create certainty, clarity, and confidence. We interview the best leaders in the industry today. With that said, grab a pen and a notepad, and let's get started. All right, so Monica, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. We were just chatting beforehand and, you know, I'd said, I made mention, I, I really believe this, that, um, you know, reading your bio and, and looking in your background, like you are living what I consider to be the new American dream, you know, as opposed to the old American dream, buy a house, figure out a way to pay it off, spend 50 years working for one company, you know, get an IR, get a, get a retirement plan set up or a 401k, but, but you're doing it differently. You're, you're a mom, you got four kids. You're doing it all. You're a real estate investor. You're teaching people how to do it. So, uh, so give us a little bit of background to yourself. Well, like you said, I am a mom. I have four kids ranging from ages eight to almost 17 years old, believe it or not. So I've been in this mom game for a while. And my journey actually started um, when my oldest son was a small baby and I was finishing my master's degree in teaching. And I had to go and finish a 12 week practicum in the classroom in order to obtain my degree. And I was only in my twenties, you know, so I was young. I've never really was a mom and I never had a full-time work gig before. I was just always kind of studying. And it really kind of hit me during those 12 weeks that I felt like I was selling myself short in uh, all areas of my life as a student, as a mom, as a teacher. And it really kind of, um, that was my first taste of this sort of work-life balance. And the effects were not pretty, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, it was a short time, but it was enough for me to realize I don't want to live my life this way. And I've always valued freedom in my life. And rather than not complete it, I did go through and, and complete the program. But I did make that choice. And I really drew a line in the sand uh, saying, I want my number one job on this earth to be a mother to my child and any more kids that we have. And it wasn't saying that. I'm never gonna work, but it was just saying, this will be my primary focus, my primary job. I don't want to be having to make that choice that so many people really do have to make. No, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I have a very similar story, but, and, and I don't wanna get into that right now, but I, I love that you, you had to make that choice, right? So many people, I feel like they're not pushed to that point in life where they finally just like say enough's enough. I have to, I have to make a difference. I have to make a change. Something has to give, you know? And, and I think that it's great to see when that actually happens, but then what did you do with it? Like where, where, where are you guys heading now? Like, what does that look like? Well, what that looked like was obviously it was a long time ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we were living in Australia at the time. My husband is Australian. And when we moved um, back home, we continued doing this. So I did get a part-time you know, job teaching because I thought I was gonna pursue my career as an educator uh, during that time. But I was also expecting child number two. And um, so now I don't have one child, I have two child, and I also have a mortgage. Mm. And I'm still home. Now we live in quite an expensive area. My husband was working full time, he was making great money. Uh, but technically, we're living on one salary, which is often described as financial suicide. <laughs> but I was determined to do this. I wanted to be a, um, a stay-at-home to the child I had, as well as the child you know, that I'm carrying and any, any more that came along. 
And so rather than run from it, I really took finances and I put them to the forefront. And I started doing financial planning the way we have been taught. So I was lining up um, education funds for each one of my kids, because obviously education is important. I really uh, started the retirement savings plan. Uh, We were buying insurance. We were obviously focusing on our mortgage pay down. We were saving 10%. We were contributing to a group fund. We were doing everything the way that we're taught to do. And guess what? We were not getting any further (laughs) ahead. So when 2008 hit, I'm not a mathematician, but a negative in front of our uh, returns, I knew that wasn't a good thing. Sure. And when I saw projected retirement um, balance of $40,000, I knew that was not a good thing either, as well as maybe being able to send one kid to school. Sure. And so I realized, you know, this traditional way of saving is not working. What are we going to do? We're not going to be able to afford to retire. We're not going to be able to afford to send our kids to school. And my husband's making over $100,000 a year. How can we do this? What the heck's everyone else doing? That was the one, <laughs> the one question I had. Um, and because most people, he's making more than most people like the average American family. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like he's doing really well. We're still not getting by. So guess what the solution is? There's a secret plan and it's me to go to work full time. So I can make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So in what kind of society do we live in that you need two six figure incomes to get by, like to be mm-hmm. able to afford to retire and help your kids out and have some sort of legacy for your family? Like, is this what our society is about? And it made me very, very angry because (laughs) I felt bad for everyone. I feel very cognizant of the fact that this is the reality that we live in this culture that we have to, you know, we're basically working just to live and just to get by and everyone's working so hard. And I really started digging deep into finance, the history of finance, um, how things have changed and how so much has stayed the same. And how people are just stuck into their box in society. In school, I studied sociology and psychology, and I was originally supposed to be a family and marriage therapist. And as I look back into the history of people and family and finances, you see people are really look back into their lineage, how stuck people are into these boxes and how Mm. people now, you know, with just a little bit of change are able to break out of the box. So I really wanted to break out of this financial box. I I felt like I was being penalized for putting my family first, which upset me. And I felt like society really is, you know, facing this uphill battle. What can we do different? And so like so many people, and I know you probably heard this a million times in your podcast, (laughs) rich dad, poor dad, (laughs) Robert Kiyosaki, I'm telling you, I've studied under all the best mentors and that book just changed everything for me because it was the same financial planning advice. I went into it with the same intent and came out looking at finances, totally different. And my viewpoint was just switched upside down. And it was just like a huge light bulb came off. And it really, really showed me how real estate is the number one wealth building tool out there. And it also really gave me a different perspective on assessing assets, 
versus liabilities and put a total tailspin on that traditional financial planning advice. So many good nuggets right there that I think that so many people are going to rewind and re-listen to. But I mean, you know, some of the top takeaways are, are, are interesting is that, you know, what we were taught, like you started out by saying what we were taught, what was our financial advice, financial plan? First of all, you got into some stuff there that I don't think most people are ever taught, right? Maybe, you know, because again, education, more advanced degree, like you had been taught more, you know, insurance purchasing and, you know, some different methods of saving and some different things that I don't think most Americans are even, even think about, um, you know, especially early on in their you know career or early on in their business or whatever they're trying to build. Um, so I think that's super interesting. But then you realize that in, in a pretty quick way, hey, this isn't going to do it for me. I need to do something different. I need to be more creative, which I, I, I wish more people, um, you know, you know, took the took the time to experience that, you know, took the time to realize that, you know, you don't have to be like the Joneses. Not everybody has to be cookie cutter the same, but there's also a reason why there's so many people in that middle gap, like you said before, where, you know, you could be making lots of money. You could feel broke. You could feel like it's, you're not going anywhere. So if everyone else is doing that thing, maybe it's time to peek your head up and look around and go, maybe this thing isn't working. Absolutely. It is not working. What people are doing are not working. Everyone out there, the reason I, as a wealth builder, I love working with people. I have everyday people and teach them how to invest like the top 2%. And mm. guess what the number one investment is? It's in yourself. And it starts with your mindset because only you could decide whether you're rich or poor. You could have a lot of capital, but you could still have a poor mindset. And you're never going to mm. feel like you have enough. And you could have minimal assets and capital, but you could have a very rich mindset. And you're going to be farther ahead than the person who has a lot of capital and a lot of materialistic items. I saw on a podcast the other day, someone was saying, um, and you keep calling this new, this new age. And I love that because the old age is, is having, you know, the fast cars, the jets, the dancing girls, like in the Tom Vu sort of days. Um, and a, a very successful mentor, because I study mentors all the time. I was watching this, this amazing podcast, because what you do is amazing, because you bring this to people. People right now are investing in their mindset, which is great. So I was watching this and he says, what do you see when you see this guy come off his jet and with his phone and his expensive suit, you know, and jump into his Lambo and drive away? And he says, I see a guy. I don't see a rich person. I see a guy with a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so there's a huge difference between having a lot of stuff and then also having a rich uh, mentality. And I'm not saying Lambos and Jets and anything are bad. I mean, the first thing we work with people at Real Property Investments, the wealth builder, is we try to figure out what is it that you want to achieve and what is it you'd like right now that you're currently actually not having. And, you know, most people don't say a Lambo or say whatever, but a lot of people say, you know, I want to replace my job income, um, you know, eventually or so I can go from full time to part time and I can spend more time with my family. Or I want that for my wife. I want her to achieve what you did sort of thing. Or they want to be able to afford to go on vacation every year and actually be able to afford it and have their, their assets paying for stuff like this. These are kind of the freedom goals that people have. And anyone can make a difference. If you make up your mind and stand still, take it from where exactly you are, it is up to you to create your own life. So I have this Coco Chanel phrase, I always say, and it says, my life did not satisfy me, so I created my life. Sorry, my life did not please me, 
So I mm. created my life. It's up to you. I don't care if how much money you have, you could be have oodles of wealth, or you could be maybe even temporarily between homes. Homelessness so is even yeah. a state. And so it's up to you to take control of your personal situation and decide this is my life. Every day is a gift. We're all only one heartbeat away from death. And what am I going to do with this life? What am I going to do with this day? Because you can take yourself and put yourself wherever you want to be. You're not a victim of your own circumstance. Right. You're getting into some deep, of circumstance. <laughs> you're getting into some deep mindset stuff right now. I don't know. I don't know if our viewers are ready for this, but <laughs> it's so it, it's so important though because uh, you know what you're touching on is the fact that if you're not happy today, I don't care where you're at, you're not going to be happy when or if, right? Ever. Like especially for 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 those of us who have made considerable amounts of money, you realize that initially you think you're going to hit that that number, whatever that number is. You have that number in your head. When I hit that number, it's all going to be perfect. And then you get to that place, and you're like well, I'm still not happy. I still didn't accomplish it. Or I got to hit that next goal. The fact is, if you can't be content and be present and be at peace with where you're at now, and like you said, Monica, I don't care if you're homeless. I don't care if you're middle class. I don't care if you're working your way to a certain point. If you're in school, you know, we all feel insecure at any level, no matter where we get to. But the point is to be able to try to find that peace and, and happiness at each level and be, and be uh, what is uh, Ed Milet calls it, bliss, blissfully dissatisfied, right? Which I, I love that concept. I don't know if you heard that one before. But, you know, being, being happy with what you have, but not being satisfied, wanting to, wanting to get more, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's a mindset that I think a lot of people, um, you know, need to find a way to adapt to is, is being able to create that happiness while you're still striving for that next step. Well, I have a presentation I often, especially in a new book coming out from Employed Entrepreneur. Actually, my husband wrote it. And one of the things, because we helped him leave his job too, his six-figure job. So after I became and took finances to the forefront, and I still am a stay-at-home mom, um, you know, to this day while running this real estate business and consulting company, um, we also, my husband was working those very long hours and he decided he wanted to join us full-time as well. And it was a five-year process to take him from, you know, replacing his, his position and transferring him over to the company. Now we have no one working. So now what do you do? We have, and we have four kids now, not just two. So we took this seriously, but one of the uh, parts of his presentation that he talks about is that most entrepreneurs, uh, 90% of small businesses fail, but I don't think it's the small businesses that fail. I think it's the entrepreneurs that fail because they give up on themselves. 100%. 100%. So it's, yeah. it's never the business, it's the person. And if you don't have that mindset, you know, you are not able to, and that resilience, you're not able to succeed as an entrepreneur and in that kind of business. So we have to really be our number one cheerleader and mindset's everything. Now, Absolutely. when I started out as a real estate investor, I mean, I was not in this mindset at all. I was totally opposite. I was actually working, I went from wanting to be a stay-at-home mom, like I'm a fraud, everyone, I have to let you know this, this is honest here. I said, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, so I'm going to learn how to build, invest in real estate and um, afford this. So I started learning these amazing real estate strategies, and I was making more money than I ever thought was possible. I mean, these past jobs were just ridiculous. We're doing every real estate strategy. I was working 20 hour days. Guess what I wasn't doing? Spending time with your family, you know, engaging. Yeah, being a mom. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
having been there. your kids crawl around your feet when you're on your computer is not being a mom. Taking your kids to job sites is not being a mom. Your kids do not care about your business, real estate or otherwise. You, they want you to push them on the swing and focus on that. So I'm not saying you only have to parent, but I'm yeah. saying I lost on the journey. And we actually highlight this in our book, Real Estate Mistakes. Um, all the mistakes we made in our first few years as investors, we went from doing nothing to all of a sudden experiencing this great wealth builder to over-investing and losing three years of our lives pretty much by just building this, this amazing new thing. I mean, it's a very, very exciting world when all of a sudden you learn these new skills. And I thought that's what being a businesswoman is all about. Like, I remember I proudly waved an epidural giving birth to our fourth child. So I can stand near a fax machine for the best real estate deal that was ever going to go through. So, How'd that work out for you? I bet you wish you had that epidural. <laughs> it was a great deal. <laughs> if you, but if you don't have time to give childbirth, I mean, there's something that has to go. And I really don't know if I ever would have changed my path if I didn't stumble across the most amazing coach that actually really pulled my head out of the sand and made me realize, you know, you are a fraud. You think you're a success. I was a successful business person. And this is why I think a lot of business people have problems succeeding in business and in life is we are A players and we are able to, you know, just work, 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 work. And it's hard to have that balance. And I had to really kind of reassess and think, Yes, I'm an A player. I love my job. Like I do go all day, but I also pepper my day now with other things such as friends, family, health, fitness. And it really took me a long time to realize you need that wheel of life. And it has to be a lot more than just work. Because that whole saying, you work five years uh, of your life so you can live the rest of your life like no one else does is BS. <laughs> because <laughs> Exactly. It might never come. That day may never come. You just mentioned that that level of achieving. Well, people always need to be striving. If you're not growing, you're dying. So if you're always looking for that 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 final time, you know, it's it may never come. So it really is about you know finding the joy in every day and and working more like or less a less is more approach. So rather than just piling in the hours, just make the hours count more. And I think that's the most successful thing. Uh, in business. It's so important. It's so important. I mean, even going back to the thing, and you, you know, your husband took five years to make a transition, right? First of all, I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs and, and that have to, you have to respect that, the patience it takes, right? The, the, the planning it took to make that happen. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs now, they want instant overnight success and they're getting fed this, this BS from all these gurus who, you know, maybe didn't have success and then turn around and created a system and haven't really done anything with their life, but they think that, you know, plug this into the computer and a million dollars is going to fall out the other side. Um, you know, I think it's a challenge, especially with a lot of uh, younger entrepreneurs today. They think five years is an eternity. And I sound old even saying this, but the reality of it is like, you know, you need five years just to get your feet wet in business and understand anything, uh, let alone really start to develop something. And that's why, you know, it really takes 10 years, you usually eight to 10 years to get any like real success going and get that momentum cranking so that that second decade, you can really push the needle. Um, and I think it's tough for a lot of people to have that type of patience in themselves, especially, mm -hmm. um, you know, in today's, in today's age, when, when everything is supposed to be push button simple. Absolutely. Like not everyone has to do what you do and what I do, but True. people need to start investing differently. 
And that's how yeah. we started Real Property Investments because not everyone has to be a full-time real estate investor and not everyone has to learning as you're doing. They're not willing to take that risk. Now, meanwhile, while I'm having my experience, you're having your experience, 50% of Americans or actually 80% of Americans are not making enough money. No. Huge, 50% are living paycheck to paycheck. And the other 20% are not even making ends meet at all. So this is, you know, this is not a good number of people who are not making enough money. And this is worldwide. I've taken the statistic and analyzed all across the world what people's struggles are. Well, actually in the main, in the three main industrialized in Europe, throughout Europe, throughout Australia, throughout US, throughout Canada, all the struggle is the same. People are not making enough money. It's the first thing. The second thing is they are riddled with student debt. I think the US, the US uh, is struggling with over $3 trillion of student debt. People, mm -hmm. it's taking them people years to pay this off. That's another huge problem. And then lastly, people are not afford, able to afford to retire. Yeah. So who's helping these people? If you need to learn to start helping yourself and these old fashioned ways are not doing it. And it doesn't mean you guys ought to go out and be a full-time real estate investor like me, start a real estate corporation. This is not reserved for everyone else. There are ways that people can continue living your life uh, with your families participating in your hobbies, living in the same house you live in um, and partaking in the same job. We need people to have jobs. Like we need scientists <laughs> to find <laughs> cures. <laughs> we need people to drive trucks. We need male persons delivering mail. Like society needs a variety of people and everyone will have a different path and a different life, but everyone has the same obligations in regards to finance and you need to create your own financial destiny. No one is going to help you. So what we've really done here is like, how can we help everyday people build wealth like this top 2%? Well, the education and empowerment and really getting them to understand finances is, is the first component. You know, there's some vocabulary that people need to start understanding and incorporating into their daily life. They have to understand how money works because up until now, money is reserved for these financiers who literally talk over people's heads. Why? to confuse you. So you are reliant on them to manage the finances for you. So I'm not saying you got to go out and be a full-time investor or even start buying real estate or even start managing other people's or managing these, these strategies. What you need to do is you need to understand money and how money works. And it's not hard. Like Warren Buffett says that if you do not, if a four-year-old cannot explain an investment with a crayon, do not invest in that product. So, you know, that. finances are easy and simple and anyone can do it. I don't care where people come from. They learned to figure out what is money, how does it work, and how can I improve my financial situation? I think then that alone changes your entire life path and takes you out of this box that society's put you in and really kind of puts you into a sky's the limit approach because you guys could really achieve anything that you want. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that I've been preaching here for a couple months now is uh, that we have more time than we've ever had. You know, it's like we're being forced to, there's no happy hours. There's no, there's not too many go going out for dinners. There's not movies. There's not, you know, like we have all of this free time. And that's why I've said, you know, 2020, as much as it's been a huge struggle and adversity for a lot of folks, it's also created so much opportunity for people. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I guarantee Netflix has, 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 10 times as much view, viewership 
in the year 2020 that it did in 19, 2019, right? Like, like people, it's a matter of where you're, you're spending your time. And you have this time right now to get educated. You have this time right now to get yourself to another level, to, to spend that time investing in yourself and your brain and, you know, trying to figure out, hell, how am I going to come out of 2021, you know, in a different level than where I'm at now? How am I going to get myself, you know, from maybe the point that I don't want to be in? Let's, let's face it. If you want to, if you want to get some to, to some new point, you can't continue to do the same stuff over and over again, right? And then be able to get to that, that new level. But now is the time to to go and invest. Now's the time to go and learn. Now's the time to go and, you know, maybe maybe take a, a little bit of a calculated risk that's a little bit uncomfortable, but something that's going to potentially get you to that next step. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I mean, as horrible as this whole pandemic uh, has been and continues to be, and I do not put any light on this. We have to, another way to look at this is that COVID-19, this pandemic has been a huge equalizer. It really has been. It's really cut some of the high and mighty right by down the, knee, the knees and put us all on the same playing field. And it's also an eye opener in regards to your job and your primary residence are not your only wealth plan. This is what people have depended on in the past. Like you started off saying, I'm just gonna have my personal residence and I'm going to just work really hard and retire. You need to make more money. You need to create residual streams of income. You need to have different incomes coming in. Because we saw, it's not about, oh, I'm just going to one day leave my job and have this dream. What about when your job leaves you? And I always said that from all the stages across the world, from all these television shows, podcasts, wherever, What do you do when your job leaves you? Well, then COVID-19 happens. And I kind of felt like a huge jerk. I'm like, I hope I didn't make this happen. I didn't (laughs) want to prove my point that badly. Sure. (laughs) So many people lost their jobs and they're disempowered and they're depressed. And it's caused so many problems because people don't know how to make money. It's not about your money working for you. It's about, it's, you know, your money has to get working for you, not you working for your money. So when you, you want your job income, but you also want other streams of residual income coming in. And for most of our clients at Real Property Investments, when they go, their job isn't to, like their goal is not to just leave their job and become a full-time investor. It's how can I go to my job every day because I want to be there, but I actually know I have a system in the back end that actually can replace this income and I don't have to be there. And if I do have to leave, I'm able to do that. Because there's a lot of other things that happened in life, um, you know, even worse than COVID-19 that, that requires people to leave their jobs. What if they have a sick parent that needs to be um, tend to, or worse off, they get sick themselves. People need to really create their own economy and really take control over their life, over their finances and over everything. And COVID-19 has just kind of drilled down that point even more. And I hope people are making I hope your podcast has gone up huge in mm. listeners because yeah. Yeah. you shouldn't be just watching TV all day long. And I don't, I don't watch TV. I watch Netflix maybe once at night just to pretty, and I fall asleep pretty much. Yep. <laughs> I have very long days, but I do need to get that downtime. And it's just pretty much, I lie on the couch and I'm out. And yep. um, because I'm spent my day living my life and I'm hoping other people are are doing things to help them move forward during this time, getting more skills, getting more resources, and, um, you know, making the most of this extra time. And we've actually accommodated a lot of that as well. Now that we are, we have events, and we've done all our events from in person, now Mm -hmm. onto online, which is really exciting. 
come January, it doesn't look like anything's going to change with this COVID. We're actually having daytime events, weekend events, and evening events on a regular basis. So just to give people that break from work and give them something to do and start investing in themselves. Because I think that's your number one investment. For sure. For sure. So Monica, how do people find you and and where do they, you know, where do you guys host these events and how do they get in touch with, uh, you know, with real property investors? Everyone can go to our website. We are active on our our website as well as social media. We, I'm sure you're including the link below on the podcast or do I just have it in the show notes? Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes for sure. Excellent. It's just realproperty-investments.com. And then we are on Instagram, YouTube, as well as Facebook. And we have these events happening um, every month just to give people education, but also check out our community. We have an affordable, the, mo- the most affordable um, education community out there. We feel that too many gurus and mentors offer huge ticket uh, prices for cons. I know what, what you said before uh, for these get rich quick mm-hmm. kind of things. We're here to provide a, a supportive community that actually connects you with the best minds in the business around the globe. We have the best people that we work with across Canada, US and Australia. So love it. Love it. Monica, what did I forget to ask you today? It was a great interview. Great, great, uh, great information for our guests. What did I, what did I not ask? I'm, I I think, you know what you didn't ask and I really loved about your, um, what we were discussing before is you had this amazing question in your questionnaire that you required, which is, and it really got me thinking, it took me like an hour to answer this question, which was really exciting, was um, how are you a, like, what is your number one purpose on this earth? Mm. We'll so talk that, about that for a second. I, yeah. What is that? That was a really cool, that question. I Because I don't have a bucket list. I'm always asked, what's your bucket list? Because I do whatever I want. Mm. So whatever it is, I just do it. I don't wait till I'm going to die. Like, I think that's so sad, you know, like, like I pretty sure. much want to figure out what I want to do and then just make it happen. I've had a very exciting life because of that. Um, but it really made me think this, this question. So, and it kind of like, what would you want someone to say at your funeral or your eulogy? And my goal really, all I really, really want to achieve aside from watching my kids grow and have their best lives is to really be a game changer in this world. Um, I'm in this to make a difference. I feel I wanna touch the lives of all people across the world and be able to offer these insights, these tools, these simple methodologies that anyone can apply and really help people elevate them and start investing different. So in the future, the financial books are gonna have more our types of investment strategies in it rather than these old archaic strategies that really just are not working. And I can actually contribute to eliminating some of these statistics that I spoke about um, earlier in, in this podcast. So thank you for Absolutely. making me realize that. That was really exciting for that, that realization <laughs> because you know I, I do want to be a true game changer. Um, I'm not here in this world just to, just to change myself and live my best life. I really kind of want to make that change at, on an intrinsic level and really help everyone else on this planet. So 
Well, Monica, you are obviously a game changer and it shows you are a depth of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge. You brought it today. You answered tons of great questions and I think that our, our viewers are going to get a lot out of it. So um, if you're watching the show today or listening to the show today, guys, make sure you go check out the website. Make sure you check out what Monica's got going on. Get invested, get involved, learn, grow. Don't do the same old, same old thing. Get out of the rat race and get involved. Uh, Monica, appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.